everybody. We have a new podcast episode out today, and this one is near and dear to my heart because it's all about Egypt. I actually had a chance to sit down uh, with Nadine Abdel Ghaffar, who's the founder and CEO of Art d'Egypte, uh, which basically promotes Egyptian culture and art. Nadine is a trailblazer. She has done things never done before, including this massive installation at the pyramids called Forever Is Now, which was a big first with like over half a billion people who visited it. Very excited for her about that. And I think it might be coming back next year. So stay tuned for that. Let me know what you guys think about the episode. We talked a ton about digital art, traditional art, and how do you pull off something like Forever Is Now. Hope you guys enjoy the show. Nadine. Hi. I'm so happy to have you on my show. I'm happy to be with you, finally. <laughs> okay, guys, this is like a fangirl moment for me. Uh, Nadine Abdelghafar, I want you to tell everybody who you are and what you do, and then we're gonna talk about some of the most incredible things that you've been working on that I'm so excited about. So first, introduce my listeners to who you are. So I'm Nadine Abdelghafar, the founder of Art d'Egypte. And what is Art d'Egypte? So Art d'Egypte is a platform that was created uh, almost six years ago. The idea behind it is to create a um, curatorial pairing between contemporary art and historical spaces in Egypt. Uh, so this started in 2017 at the Egyptian Museum in Tahrir and we were just saying uh, five minutes ago with our friends, every year everyone says, my God, this is amazing, what's next? And then we surprise everyone with the next and next and next. So this year was uh, at the pyramids, forever is now, with 10 artists from around the world uh, that showcased their art in juxtaposition with the pyramids. Um, and it was the first internationally curated exhibition in history. So I, I saw it on Instagram and on social media and I was dying. I was like, I was, first of all, so proud to be Egyptian. Second, I don't. I want to ask you, how did it come about? So for the listeners who aren't following what we're talking about, you created an incredible art installation for the first time ever at the foot of the pyramids or the backdrop of the pyramids with 10, 10 was it 10, 10. artists? World-renowned artists that were displaying their art physical structures. And I want to know what's the concept behind Forever Is Now? How did you get these 10 artists? How long did it take you? I want to know every detail about it. I, I mean, it's just literally obsessed and I just think it was it was it was amazing so it was a tough journey actually um, one we've created some kind of a public-private partnership so every year we're under the auspices of the Ministry of Tourism and Antiquities okay and at the beginning it was a crazy idea I was this crazy girl going up to the minister saying okay I want to put contemporary art at the Egyptian Museum in Tahrir a 1902 building and oh, wow. um, at the beginning, archaeologists were like, what is contemporary art? Come on, close to the antiquities, how will that look? And everyone was impressed. We had people flying from around the world. I had Isabella Jani, the French actress. I had people from Prince Charles Foundation. And year on year, this initiative has been growing. The way we use our model is that we do a lot of community engagement programs. So we're also endorsed by the UNESCO. So we have the UNESCO patronage as well. So we do workshops with 
um, the local communities around each space we use. So we did one at Moaz Street in historic Cairo. Oh yes. It's uh, the longest lived in street in Egypt. It's 1,050 years old and still lived in. And we had this amazing um, exhibition there, 28 Egyptian artists. And people were walking down the streets of historic Cairo with this amazing uh, art installation. And the boys and girls that were actually explaining to the ministers and the historical um, uh, background of each space were young boys and girls from Moise Street. Um, so the initiative is also we do a lot of um, uh, aid to uh, help, you know, the tangible heritage in terms of lighting, a lot of things to help the site. We also work with the local communities and that's how we uh, work closely with the UNESCO. And then, well, I've been thinking of the pyramid and it's a very touchy... Uh, yeah, it's uh, like, how do you get the permission? <laughs> so the government really realized uh, how much good this was doing in terms of image building, in terms of bringing in a different type of tourists, the cultural tourism. We don't need to create something new, you know. Yeah. We show this transcendence with our past. And um, when we decided the pyramids, the ministry granted us the okay to, to do it here. It was quite a journey because, again, the mindset, I mean, it's the first time uh, to have a big show at the Giza Plateau, so close to the monument. Um, so it was quite a challenge. But we did, I mean, that's why we limited it to 10 artists uh, this year. There was a lot of preparation. Maha, you cannot imagine what I we went I can't imagine. Through. We only had 10 days to install. 10 days to install? 10 days to install those uh, huge, huge installations. Pieces. And to protect the site, we had to put plastic sheets on the floor so I don't touch the sand, and then new sand on top of it. And then the installation. Oh, it's wow. a UNESCO site. Come on, oh, it's wow. the living wonder of the, uh, world. of the ancient world, the only living wonder. Um, so again, we're happy, of course, to, to take care of the space. But the synergy, Maha, the journey was unbelievable. One, I have to thank our international curatorial board. We had an honorary board. Oh, wow. So I had curators from around the world and Helping. each one was thinking of a couple of artists and that's how we got everyone together and the beautiful part is the behind the scenes were incredible really did so you film it yes did you create find content it. yeah yeah on instagram and i can send you some of yeah this i want to see but it's amazing because the workers were actually happy and proud so i had for lorenzo quinn's piece i had four um, from his team members from spain speaking Spanish and the Egyptian workers and them working, working together, together without really speaking. The same And language. then they were like, okay, we're coming to Spain. And the artists stayed in Egypt for 10 days. They went downtown, you know, uh, everyone was sharing their own stories I, and I content. I, I was like stalking everybody. And then I look at his story <laughs> and I follow his story. Then I follow their story. So it went viral. And you know what surprised us? is that after we did, we always do our public opening before our private open to give the public access because access. the whole idea behind Art Egypt is to democratize art and not just have it in... in For the in, Exactly. Yeah. So um, we do the public openings before. 
And the amazing thing that happened, I mean, I knew internationally the news were going to talk about and everybody was going to be in awe. But for the Egyptian public, the greater public, we've had half a million visits. Half a million visits. In less than a month. It's insane. That's incredible. I mean, you couldn't even get into the pyramids. Uh, it was so crowded. And people all, from all walks of life, young people, old people, uh, students, people interested in art, people not interested in art, dancers, uh, you know, like yoga instructors. It was insane. I mean, everyone was making stories and creating content on their own. And it was just, Incredible. I never, you know, I'm like yeah, really yeah. Uh, dummy in uh, social media. I'm, <laughs> no, a, you're not. You're I'm not. an old soul. And uh, <laughs> so, and like um, Amy, who's helping me with the social media, was like, can you imagine? I mean, the Instagram is going crazy. Do you, do you see what's happening? And I was like, my God. And she's like, all I'm doing is just reposting. But it's, yeah, it's, it's insane. A lot. It's a lot. And the nice thing is that, you know, the horse and carriage guys, we helped them restore a couple of carriages and they were actually doing private tours to the exhibition. And they were explaining the artwork. No and way. they were showing people how to use the QR codes. I love that. And that was just for us. The everything. The everything. journey makes it so much easier because, you know, again, funding is an issue. We don't have like the rest of the world like art institutions that would help or foundations yeah. that will he would help. So that makes it really challenging every year. And that year was a huge, huge. undertaking. Yeah, of course, especially last year, all the COVID things that were going on. Exactly. So what did you do? What, did you ever think that it wasn't going to happen because of COVID? No, I was so Convinced. sure because I actually tried to disinvite people because I had 400 people flying from all over the world to attend. We had on our opening night like a thousand people. It was crazy, uh, insane, really. Like until now, like that I day saw. I was so overwhelmed and I was like, really, did all these people come? Like no one canceled, guys. <laughs> and all of these people came from everywhere and stayed in Egypt for at least two weeks because our program is like a four day program. So as you know, every year we do the first day in a historical site and the next day, we show people the Kadewi Cairo, downtown, downtown. Medan al-Tahrir yeah. and all the area yeah. around it. So we had 12 locations where we had almost 60 Egyptian artists. Oh, wow. And that was beautiful because people actually walk downtown. So you have all these foreigners walking down the street Checking of Cairo. Out the street. Yeah, nice. Did you, um, did you think it was going to be this big? No. I think if I knew it was that big and that difficult, I don't think I would have you had the God. What was the biggest challenge that you faced? Oh my God, so many challenges every single day. One, to get everyone on board and to convince everyone. To do it. To convince the government, all the different authorities, because it's not just the ministry. You have uh, the tourism police. You have so many people you need to convince. And the beauty of Ardegypte is that it doesn't really belong to us. It belongs to all, the of, the, all of our partners. And, I consider everyone as a co-creator and that's the beauty of I it because that. people have their hearts and soul into that. One of the businessmen that helped me, um, actually the Sawiris family, uh, was like, Nadine, look at people's faces. They're people so happy. are genuinely happy and in awe. Um, and this is not easy because this is an initiative that came, I mean, we're working full-heartedly. We're a team of eight women, eight Egyptian women. and. Um, 
despite all the stereotypes that you have around, we make things happen. We make things I happen. I mean, soft power and works. It it's just uh, it's just uh, natural. What was it like having Prince Charles come take a look at it? So uh, actually, he was coming to visit the pyramids, and we had to keep the exhibition one day longer. So he saw it from his car. We had two British artists. Stephen Cox from the Royal Academy and Schuster and Mosley. Nice. So it was good too. That was like the last day. You're <laughs> like, we're finally going to close it down. We end, finale. Finale. we end with the royal. We end with the royal. We end with the royal visit. How do you think people think about art after experiencing what you did? They understand that art is not far-fetched. That art is, I mean, can be interactive. All the pieces were interactive pieces. And um, I think that's the beauty of it, is that it's not exclusive to a, a certain um, uh, audience. It's, it's attainable. It's attainable and it's for everyone. And I think Egypt is ready for that. What do you think about what's happening with NFTs right now in the art community? Because artists are finally getting their, their sun, 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 part in the sun, or what's the saying? They're finally getting their well-known recognition because they were always struggling and no one really took them seriously or they couldn't get their work to be seen or they had to be have a curator put them in a museum. Now they can go like everything else, direct to consumer. So uh, I'm uh, one of the people that is converted <laughs> because at the beginning, you know, again, I, I'm telling you, I love heritage spaces and I'm literally an old soul and I think I was born in the 20s. Um, but what I've seen in the past two years, especially post-pandemic, is that people access so much faster. I mean, the world is just, if you do yeah. that, you reach the US, you know? And with all the Zoom meetings we've had, I mean, I got one of our advisors, whom I love, Peter Manuelian, Harvard University, um, just because I took a course online. Online. And I fell in love with, with him and I called him and, and then uh, he became one of our advisors and he was a contributor to our catalog. What, what do you say to people who think art is not for them, that it's too expensive or they can't afford it? They can appreciate it regardless, right? Definitely they can appreciate it. And then there's art for everyone. I mean, a lot of emerging artists are very affordable. And I always tell the women especially, don't buy clothes and bags and buy art. <laughs> buy art. Buy art. Art is an investment. How do you um, think, if you're a young artist and you saw that installation and you aspire to either be a part of something so big or to develop a career as an artist, you know, not doing it as a side hobby. Because a lot of people feel like struggling musicians or actresses or artists that they can't find a career or people, their parents won't think I'm, take me seriously if I say I want to be an artist. What do you say to that? Look, I think you should follow your heart. And honestly, this is what keeps our team going, is that we follow our dream, we dream big, and we work really hard and passion and perseverance are key and i think as a um, young artist uh, definitely try try to go to galleries try to get your art out there and as you said there are so many ways now virtually where it's not you don't need to invest so much mm. into doing it i mean look social media is taking over tv uh, i mean even myself i mean i stopped watching news i go on cairo scene to get i mean if I want anything on Egypt, I'm just, okay, 
uh, anything social that media. happens, I just look on social media, which was not me at all. And now with with NFTs and with everything that is transformed in the world, it's just so much easier. Tell me your story. When did you fall in love with art and how did you start your career in art? Uh, it's a long story. So I was born and raised in Alexandria okay. uh, with a lot of people that are into, uh, I mean, we're cultural promoters mainly. So anything that has to do with the creative industry, we just launched um, an award called Obelisk Design Award. Oh yeah, and I members saw. of the jury are mostly foreign uh, members to come and see what's happening in Egypt. And uh, we did an art and design um, uh, exhibition before. So I think that the whole creative industry is, is linked. Mm. Um, so actually, uh, in Alexandria, I was very close to friends of my parents. One of them, um, for me, was the, the warrior. You know, he was the guardian of all the old houses and villas in Egypt. He would fight to protect any of those houses uh, Muhammad Awad, Professor Muhammad yeah. Awad, um, who worked at the Alexandria Library, and Jean-Yves Preux, who's also uh, a French archaeologist. And I think it's just the way that all of this, you know, was together, put together, uh, made me like this. And my mom is, a, is, a, is an art collector. So that's how you got the yeah. bug. And you have two children? Two children, 17 and 13. And what do they think about art? Uh, well, my daughter actually draws very well. Uh, my son is into golf, so it's okay. He's a champion. We're trying to get him a scholarship through that. Oh, really? He's a golfer? He's a golfer. What is it about um, raising your children and coming from this artistic background that makes you want to pass along your, the, what you've learned doing this to them? Uh, I try, you know, like it's difficult. I try to... to push them to go to like museums and uh, do cultural activities, it's not easy. Favorite museum in the world? Tahrir Museum. Really? I've never been. Oh, you have oh, to no. go. The, 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 it's the oldest museum the, in Cairo. Oh, but I, it's, it's the museum behind the Nile Hilton yeah. or what used to be. It's called yeah. Tahrir Museum? It's the Egyptian Museum. Ah, I thought it was called like the Egyptian Museum. Yeah, like, I've never been. And I, yeah, yeah, the Egyptian Museum. Is it still open? Yeah. And what, when's the Grand Museum opening? Uh, hopefully end of uh, next year. End of next year. That was such a parade when they took that piece of... Uh, what, King Tut, what moved from... Yeah, the, the mummies moved the mummies to moved. the National Museum of um, Civilization. Egypt's full of history everywhere you look. And so much is happening. Today there's the parade, the Sphinx... The uh, Luxor Parade. Yeah. What is that? Tell our listeners uh, what that is. So that is amazing because they've redone the Sphinx uh, Alley. Um, so today is the is the opening of the alley. Good. I'm going to be going to Luxinos one very soon. Um, one more thing before we go, because they're now they're yeah, telling okay. us that we need <laughs> they need their spot and we need to wrap up. Um, what's next for you? It's a surprise. Stay tuned. <laughs> You'll know soon. Okay, I need to be there next year. If it's going to be at the pyramids, okay, I need so to know. Anyway, you need to give me an advance notice. So I want to be at the opening calendar. party. October 2022, everyone. October 2022. You heard it live here first. Breaking news. Next year, Nadine is back with another special art installation. I can't wait to see it, and I can't wait to come and video it and tell stories so that everyone else can enjoy what we've done in Egypt. 
This is such a beautiful evening. We're sitting outside. The pyramids are behind us. The home of where you had, yeah, they're all lit up. The home of where you had your installation project. I'm so grateful for your time. Appreciate Thank your time. You. Thank you, Nadine. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you for listening to Savvy Talk. I'm Maha Bulanin, and I'll be back with a new episode in two weeks. In the meantime, please subscribe to the podcast. Follow us on Instagram at Maha Geber and Digital and Savvy for more information, including some snippets and highlights of the upcoming guests and talks. This is a special series that I did in Egypt. We are excited to bring you a special NFT series, a special Web3 series, and of course, a very special Dubai series. Anyways, all's good in the world. Hope you guys are great. And uh, thanks for listening.